Oklahoma State basketball has me feeling like I'm on a roller coaster, and right now I'm to the part where I want to throw up. I'm Matt Jordan with the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network, and I'm recording this right after that really bad loss to West Virginia, Oklahoma State's third loss in a row. They're back-to-back second bad loss, in my opinion. Now, granted, both those losses, those bad losses, uh, are on the road to to TCU and to Morgantown, where they took on West Virginia. But 18-point loss to West Virginia, 25-point loss where you gave up 100 points when I just talked about how good the defense was against the TCU team. And you make matters worse, West Virginia had lost three in a row. And TCU had lost four in a row, and you ended both of those skids. You know, looking at uh, this Oklahoma State team, and part of what makes me feel like I'm on this wild ride, this roller coaster, is three weeks ago I talked about how uh, they had just picked up some critical wins. They were poised uh, to, to get themselves into the tournament, and these are the things they had to do to get into the tournament. I wanted to see them win uh, three uh, of their last four games, or sorry, three of their last seven games, go three and four. I felt like that's what they needed to do to get in. Now, two weeks ago, they had impressed me even more. They were coming off that huge win against Iowa State, and I was talking about how they were a lock-in for the tournament. They were a shoe-in for the tournament. They had gone from on the bubble all the way up to an eight seed, and then Last week, even after the KU loss, I was still talking about how they were poised to go on a run because of their defense. And now I sit here after a bad second half against Kansas, after a bad loss against TCU, after a bad loss to West Virginia, and I still think that they're a tournament team, but man, do they really need to win two of their last three games to get a better seed and to feel good about heading into the tournament. Of course, Big 12 play can be a part of that as well. The Big 12 tournament can be a part of that as well. But you look at the TCU loss. You give up 100 points. TCU had lost four in a row. Uh, They had lost a, a 21 points to Kansas State. They lose a close one to Baylor. Uh, Of course, they they lost to Oklahoma State. That was their first loss of the four-game skid. And then they lose uh, by 11 to Iowa State. Uh, And then you give up 100 points when your defense had been really what has uh, kept you in games when your offense struggles and they just did not have it defensively, and then you lose to West Virginia where you give up 85 points only to manage to score 67, and actually your your highest scoring scorer for the year, uh, Caleb Boone, only has four points, plays six minutes, and fouls out on a technical foul after committing his fourth foul uh, in a scrum that saw uh, one player get ejected in Woody Newton for Oklahoma State. So it was really just kind of a downhill matchup against West Virginia. And, uh, you know, looking at bracketology, uh, the most recent one, Lenardi, has dropped, has Oklahoma State as a nine seed. But that was before the 25-point loss to TCU, and that was before the loss to 
West Virginia. So you got to think that this gets updated and Oklahoma State might find themselves back uh, on on the bubble or as an 11 seed. Uh, but I definitely think they're dropping from the 9 seed spot where they're at right now. And then you look at the remaining games for Oklahoma State, they have four full days to prepare for a K-State team. And, and it's a K-State team that has struggled a bit themselves. Uh, K-State has lost four of their last six. They had a nice win against Iowa State at home on Saturday. They do play Baylor. And we'll see how they play against a Baylor team that has uh, been a, a hot team in the Big 12 as well. Of course, they had, Baylor did, that rough loss against KU where they had, uh, I want to say, like a 15, 17-point lead, and then it ended up losing well. So uh, that that's tough for Baylor, but we'll see how they play K-State. But it's K-State who struggled a bit as well. So you got to think, you, you, if you can beat K-State, you can beat Baylor, and then you go on the road to Texas Tech, and Texas Tech has no slouch themselves. They've now put themselves in the discussion for making the tournament and honestly uh, with the exception of 13 and 14 just one game below 500 who make the tournament but if you're looking at Oklahoma State and you look at what you have left on your schedule Saturday you play Kansas State at home and then you play Baylor at home and then this Tech on the other hand could kind of put themselves in a spot. It's not going to be easy. Uh, they, they're in Norman. That game, not the worst. But then they are at home against TCU. They travel to Lawrence, and then they wrap it up with Oklahoma State. Texas Tech could find themselves in a spot pushing for a tournament uh, appearance as well. And so Oklahoma State, where, you know, last week it was sunshine and rainbows for me, and I was like, yeah, this team is going to be great. They're going to go on a round of giving me that prototypical, and, and Oklahoma State fans listening know this. They know this about the team. Uh, it's just, you know, it's one of the things you deal with when uh, when you're an Oklahoma State fan. But uh, they give you that little extra heart attack for for no reason, and uh, we'll, we'll see um, what, what the final three games have in store for the Cowboys. And, and like I said, if they can... Uh, win two of their last three. I have no no doubts about them being in the tournament. Honestly, if they win one of their last three and that one is Baylor, I, I probably don't have, even if they beat Kansas State, uh, I don't have doubts about be, them being in the tournament. I do worry, though, if they lose to Kansas State, they lose to Baylor, especially in bad fashion, and they only beat Texas Tech going 2-5 and five in their last seven, I, I have a worry that they could get bounced uh, from from the tournament, um, they could not make it uh, again. Also, I, I keep talking about it like it's final after these three games. There is the Big Twelve tournament. They go on a run in that thing after uh, uh, you know ending the season uh, two and five in the final seven. That could definitely definitely change things. But uh, I went from really excited to a little concerned for this Oklahoma State team. I still think they're full of. They're full of playmakers, and they have the full-on potential to make a run in in the tournament. But uh, my confidence level has sunk a little bit. Three straight losses, including a 25-point loss and a 18-point loss, that'll do it to you. But uh, two games at home, four full days to prepare for Kansas State, and I might start feeling a little bit better about their chances, uh, especially I think you can get swept by Baylor and by
by K-State. You you lost to K-State earlier in the year, lost to Baylor as well, um, both of those on the road. And so I think you got to get the home game, split the series, and then beat Texas Tech uh, at home as well. That would be 4-3 and three in your last seven. I would be really confident with 4-3. and three. Uh, Like I said, again, 3-4 and four was what I kind of pegged uh, for them to have. So we'll stay on the hardwood, but I want to switch a little bit, talk about the Cowgirls. I uh, haven't talked much about the Cowgirls uh, this this uh, year on the on the Pokes podcast, but I want to give a quick uh, recognition to J.C. Hoyt, who comes in, picks up win number 100 in a 3-OT thriller uh, against Texas Tech. Oklahoma State eventually pulled away in, uh, winning 92-80. to Hoyt's first year for the Cowgirls um, coaching at Oklahoma State and has had a much more successful season than I think uh, people um, – kind of thought they would. They're 19 and 7 and uh she's 172 overall. So big win uh picking up 19 wins this year and getting getting to 100 and having a, a really good year and a much better year than I think people kind of thought with uh with Oklahoma State on the women's side of things. Now we'll stick with the Cowgirls but we'll change sports a little bit um because the one the one team um that I really followed this weekend that had a good weekend and had me with uh, smiles on my feet. Oklahoma State softball had a phenomenal weekend in clear five runs. They hit 12 home runs. They had slams. They run ruled in Tech. I mean, you could not ask for more from a team in an opening weekend than what you got ball team. They gave you excitement. They gave you two shutouts. They gave you high-scoring games. They scored double digits in four of the five games. Offensively, they were doing everything you could ask from them. They were hitting the long ball. They were drawing walks. They were hitting the balls into the gap when they could. They were scoring on infield hits by hustling out to first base. I mean, literally doing everything they could offensively and you come out in that first matchup where they took on Texas A&M and you know Kelly Maxwell comes out she improves herself to th- she she struck out 12 just another phenomenal Maxwell which you know Oklahoma State fans just come to expect uh, by now and then uh, you look offensively in that game Kylie Naomi popped off she uh, she had a home run in that one uh, one of her many home runs from the weekend and then you come to the next game and I talked last week uh, one of the things that I was curious to watch especially with some of the teams that they were going to play is they clearly have the number one a number one pitcher they have an amazing ace uh, one of the best pitchers in the nation but who could do it outside of Kelly Maxwell. I talked about Lexi Kilfoyle, and uh, freshman Kyra Aycock comes out against a Nebraska team uh, that was 4-2 coming into that that moment, and she pitches. She goes uh, five innings. She pitched the whole game, and she almost, she was so close. She gave up one hit in the fifth inning, so close to a run rule perfect game, and just looked phenomenal. Struck out five and only allowed one hit, did not walk a single person. So Acock comes in, answers the call against a really good Nebraska team, and again, the offense uh, was, was popping off uh, with with home runs in that game. Triples, the start of the game uh, with with two triples. Uh, Carwile had two triples in the one in the first, one in the third. Um, Lexi Kilfoyle scoring runs. You know, Kylie Naomi uh, was probably the player of the tournament. Uh, she she was phenomenal in, in all five games for Oklahoma State. And then they struggled a little bit. Kilfoyle facing a tough uh, a tough 
team in uh, in Virginia Tech. She gave up six earned runs in that one. Kyra Acock came in, cleaned it up, got the win. Actually, is now two and zero on the season. She gave up three runs in that one, but they did enough. Uh, they did enough in that game to kind of keep the the offense uh, alive. And uh, again, you look at scoring. Oklahoma State. Um, answered the call uh, in the third. They took a, a, a lead after Kylie Naomi hit a home run to tie things up, and then a single that scored a run, and Kylie Naomi hits another home run in the fourth that gives Oklahoma State the 9-3 lead, which was huge at the time, and then uh, Virginia Tech comes back, ties it up 9-9 in the seventh, and then the bottom of the seventh, uh, they double it to, to walk it off, uh, so it, it just a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal game there for Oklahoma State being a top 10 team, a top 10 matchup uh, in a game started by uh, Lexi Kilfoyle. Then you look at the Louisiana game, another game where you've got Kelly Maxwell. Maxwell didn't have all of her stuff. She gave first two runs on the season. She did pitch the whole game. She's 4-0 now on the year. Um, she just had to go five innings because the runs were being scored at such a high pace. Again, Kylie Naomi starts the game off with a home run. And actually, those runs came in the second. Maxwell, Oklahoma State actually trailed 2-0 at one point. Um, but that didn't last long uh, thanks to a Kylie Naomi grand slam. Uh, they would grant, they would hit another grand slam in the fifth, this time by win. So, grand slam, Oklahoma State was all over it. And then now in the game against Michigan, uh, Ivy Rosenberry got the start in that one. Uh, Bailey runner pitch. Rosenberry played played okay. Not not great, but uh, you know, Oklahoma State offensively, you didn't really need much uh, with the way they were playing. She struck out three. She gave up four runs. Bailey runner gave up two, and then Kilfoyle came in and cleaned things up with a with an inning pitch of, of scoreless softball. And the offense, again, firing all cylinders, ended up essentially hitting a walk-off home run um, by Wark, uh, a three-run home run uh, that ended the game 15-6, and Oklahoma State comes away with the victory. Finishes 5-0 and on the weekend, an incredible weekend uh, of softball. They're now 8-1 and on the season, and uh, they are an incredibly, incredibly fun team to watch just because there is so much talent not only is Kylie Naomi a monster in their batter's box but she's also a tremendous fielder she she had a play at short where she threw the runner out and it looked like she had a cannon attached uh, to her arm so Oklahoma State I, I encourage you to watch them watch them play uh, the Big 12 is going to be a phenomenal watch this season and they play in some really fun tournaments uh, as well as they'll play in New Mexico coming up this weekend. Um, then they have the OSU Tulsa Invitational, which is uh, in early March. Um, then they have the Cowgirl Invitational, which is just against Florida State. Um, but there's some fun stuff. And then, like I said, you get into Big 12 play. Baylor is going to be good. Texas is good. Um, OU is always phenomenal. And then that's who they end their season with, a three-game stretch against OU in May. That will be fun fun to watch. But uh, I think they're one of the three best teams in, in college softball. Obviously, U, UCLA is really good, and we know what OU is. Um, but I, I think they're one of the three best teams in softball. And if really, again, I talk about pitching, if Lexi Kilfoyle and Kyra Acock or one of those other young pitchers can give Maxwell enough 
of a break and not always feel like they're relying on her. And I mean, you don't even have to be perfect. You don't have to be Kelly Maxwell perfect. That's what's so great about this OSU team is they're going to score runs. Uh, I think th- that this is just the start for them in this uh, opening weekend that's really going to spark them, or the second weekend, I should say, of the season. Uh, this is going to spark the offense, and you're going to see some really, really fun high-scoring games coming from this Oklahoma State softball team as they head to New Mexico uh, for the Troy Cox Classic. Mexico, they'll play uh, Nebraska again. That one was a good 10-0 win there. And uh, the first time around, they'll play Cal State Bakersfield, and they'll play New Mexico State uh, before playing UTEP in, like, its own thing on uh, Sunday. So, encourage you to check out Oklahoma State softball. You won't regret it. It is it is a lot of fun. If you're into baseball softball, uh, you you won't you will not regret that decision. So, uh, unfortunately the baseball team did not have nearly as good of a weekend as the softball team did. Uh, they did beat Missouri 5-3 to open up the season. The transfer looked really good in that game. Um, but then they uh, made things interesting. They were down 11 to 2 at one point against Vanderbilt came back, made it 11-9 with a six-run eighth inning, but could not close the gap enough. They did lose to Vanderbilt. Of course, Vanderbilt, a phenomenal baseball team. And then an unfortunate, and I hate this because I hate Arkansas, 18-1 loss on Sunday to wrap things up uh, against Arkansas. So not a great start for Oklahoma State baseball. But there are some bright spots to look at from the weekend. Rock Riggio is batting 364. Uh, Nolan McLean hit the uh, hit the home run against Vanderbilt. That kind of helped them try to pull off the comeback. And then uh, Jerron Watts-Brown started the season, went four innings, struck out six. They gave up the three runs in that game, but uh, looked good uh, in, his, in his performance there. And then... Um, Outside of that, Oklahoma State pitching really struggled. Uh, Arkansas uh, was a rough rough outing there. and uh, So there are some bright spots, but there's some things Oklahoma State needs to clean up. Uh, they'll take on Cal Baptist in their next game, and then they have a three-game slate against Loyola Marymount. So we'll see uh, what they kind of look like. It was a tough – I mean, Arkansas, uh, of course, you know, knocked them out last year. Vanderbilt's a very good team. Uh, so we knew it was going to be a difficult start uh, for Oklahoma State. We'll see what the rest of the uh, the season looks like. But uh, not your ideal start. But Big 12 had a few teams that struggled a bit in the opening weekend slate of games. I'm Matt Jordan for the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.